certainly is. And we've been exploring this thing, what stops us from proceeding with our life? And I've been articulating it in terms of what stops us from winning. Not that we get a gold medal or a million bucks in the bank or a coast-to-coast TV show. That's one way of viewing winning, and we're not doing it that way. But one, what stops us from becoming ourselves? You know, I have Val on the line. You there, Val? Yes, I am. Hi, Mel. Good to have you with us. Yeah, thank you. Um, I was very interested in the talk that you just had, actually, because I've been homeless myself twice. Right. First time with four children, the second time with six. So I understand exactly where she's coming from with that, oh. but irrespective, we were talking about stories that we've all got a story to tell, yep. and um, there's one that I really would like to voice, and oh. it is very short, but it's, it's very poignant, but it's sure. also... One that I am looking for a young boy. Okay. Well, he's not young anymore. Um, this is going back into the early 70s. But uh, over and above raising my own children, I've also had 23, no, 24 now foster children. Mm. And um, one of the children that I had in my care was rather, came to me in rather strange circumstances. Um, I was asked by a lady of our church that there was a lady that she knew that wanted to give up her son and he was only little and she gave me the address and told me to call around and see him. So I went around to see the mother, speak to the mother and it was the place I had to go to was in um, Albert Park. When I arrived on the doorstep and I knocked on the door and said that I was from the church um, about the little boy, the woman just said to me, his name is John and he bites and uh, she picked him up by the arm and placed him in my hands mm. and then shut the door on my face Goodness. and I just it was just so strange I didn't know what to do and I oh. thought well what do I do this is I've got this little boy in my arms but I don't know yeah. what, she, what her intentions are yeah so um, I went to the car and then went back again and then I said to her you know, I knocked on the door again, having written down from in the car my name and address and telephone number, and then I went back to uh, with the boy to um, the door, and because I was at the door she, with the boy, she must have assumed I was giving him back or something or other, and I just said, look, I'll just leave my name and address and that with you mm. so that you can contact me if you need to. And... Um, she refused to even open the door, so I just mm-hmm. pushed it sort of under the door. And uh, so I left, and I was... I had a little boy. I had no clothes, no mm-hmm. napkins, no bottle, no anything for him. I had no knowledge of his age, not his last name even. All mm-hmm. I had was the lady's first name and address. So um, not even her full name. Mm-hmm. So um, I went home. On the way home, I stopped at some shops and got some essentials. And um, the boy finished up being with me for just on 12 months. We weren't sure of his age. He was approximately two, between 18 months old and two when he arrived. Mm. I know his name was Johnny, and he was an absolute delight. When he first came to be with me, he sat and rocked himself constantly in a corner. Mm. And gradually he became himself. He became his own little man. And... um, one night, almost 12 months to the day, she knocked on the door at about 11.30 at night and um, said that she wanted him back. And I said to her, well, come in and see him. He's asleep at the moment. Can I bring him to you tomorrow? Or, 
you know, there's things that we really need to discuss. I, mm. I don't know when his birthday is. I don't know anything about him, you know. And she said, no, I want him. Um, if I've got to get him back because they want the... The government wants the... Uh, in those days, I think it was um, oh. not supporting mothers, but yep. like an endowment. Sure. And I said, look, you can have it. I don't want the money because yeah. I'd never had any money for him. You know, that the money wasn't the issue. The child yeah. was the issue. And she said, no, I want him. I want him. And I thought perhaps if she saw him and I picked him up yeah. half asleep in my arms, carried him to the front oh. door. When I got to the front door with him and he was still asleep and cuddled oh. up to me and oh. in his PJs and she snatched him out of my oh. arm and the last thing I saw of him oh. was his mother taking him down my front path and he was scratching her face because he'd woken up suddenly and realised he was in her arms and I've never forgot that vision and I'm looking for Johnny who bites yeah yeah how old do you think he'd be now well um, I can only imagine he was approximately two then that was in the early six in the early 1970s and um, I should imagine I'm not sure exactly how old he would be because oh. I never knew his age then. Yeah. But yeah. I know I miss him. Yeah. I know I wonder about him every day. Yeah. And it's yeah. a story I'd like to tell because I'd like for him to know that yeah. I still think of him. Yeah. That somewhere in this world there is somebody who never ceased to love him, eh? And all I know his name is Johnny Who Bites. Yeah. Well, so Johnny, if you're out there somewhere. Yeah. And you remember that at some stage in your life your mother used to say these things to you. Please oh. try and get in touch with me. Well, Val, it certainly is a powerful story and it reminds us, I wonder how many Johnny Who Bites are out there. Oh, too many. Yeah. yeah. Not much too many, Mel. Yeah. I have m- many other stories mm. of that nature, not as heart-rendering, perhaps, as mm. that, but there are others, and I've got a multitude of them. Mm. I just don't know the words to put them on paper. Sure. Mm. Anyway, Val, come, thanks for sharing that, because uh, it, it touches us. There's nothing quite like a story. It always transcends or goes beyond a theory. Well, reality is... I think the realities of life are far worse than any that we can uh, portray in fiction anyway. Oh. We were actually burned out in 1968 in the hills and I had four children, was pregnant with my fifth at the time. And uh, we were pretty well destitute. And uh, another time that, uh, as I said, when I had the six children, we were living in... These were times when there was government support and that that there is today. So, you know, the people that are out there at the moment that even though they may be essentially homeless there are people like the lady that was on previously and Mm. other people that are willing to put their hand out don't hesitate to ask because there are people out there that will help Uh, that's the good news there are at least some services out there now and we know a little bit more about these things there are anyway val what i'm it's a sad thing to say but at least there's something in your heart that went out to johnny who bites and it's still there isn't it God bless you. And I think I have Mary on the line now. Are you there, Mary? Yes, I'm here, Mel. It's good to hear your voice, Mary. <laughs> Thanks for the letter. Mm. Yeah, and um, 
Yeah, I'm going all right. Oh, yeah? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so. <laughs> so, so. Well... It's getting better. Well, as they yeah, say... I've been, li- I've been listening and, and thinking through what you were saying, you know. Um, I think it's... Uh, when you stop trying, you yeah. know, you never stop trying. Yes. You know, I've got to keep on trying. Yes. Trying to, you know... Um, so hard to, to, to say it, Mal. Yeah. You know, I was reading your book again, Breakthrough, uh-huh. yesterday, and I read the, the passage on um, the no in the yes part. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, when you say no, you're saying yes to your higher self. That's right. And, you know, that is, that's been working. Yes. You know. You well, know, because you do, you do realise that you're going against you're going against going to these this gambling machine. Mm. It's it, it's going against everything you don't want to do. Yes. You know. Well, let's just put the audience in tune with what the book is saying. I, it fascinated me as I did some work and thinking on this. Look, isn't it true there are some ladies uh, who can't say no so well, mm. and uh, that's. Th- there is an appropriate assertiveness that says, look, I'm sorry, you can desire whatever you want, but I'm saying no, and here is the line. But sometimes some people can't feel they can say no. That's right. And they can be everybody's I whatever. I was like that myself for years. Isn't that interesting? When I was married, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm divorced. I have been divorced mm. a long time. But it was only through, I think, the years of my drinking that I learned to say no. But that was only temper. Mm. That was anger, mm. you know, but it, I, I understood there. Whereas now with the gambling, I found that um, when this voice inside me says, come on, you're going to the, you know, mm. to play the machine, um, I just feel like, you know, no, my higher self doesn't want to go. Yeah. You know, you told me the two dogs are fighting. Well, yes. one dog is winning. Most days. Most yes. days now. I'm not saying I haven't been, but... Sure. Uh, well, listen, that's, and that's what's wonderful. And, and what I love, Mary, as you come and as you continue with your battle and come and be very honest about it, mm. I think... It's only way you can be, isn't Absolutely. It? And what it means is it enables other people to review themselves. And uh, sometimes, if you've had a big problem, it just makes it absolutely clear. It makes it black and white. But a lot of people have little problems that still trap, trap them, yeah. stop them from becoming yeah. free. But yeah, but this thing of saying no outside means say you, you say yes to yourself inside to the to the higher self inside, eh? Can I tell you something that happened? Um, sure. I was telling Andrew he rang me um, the other day. We were talking. He's a mm. lovely boy, he's mm. Andrew. And uh, I was telling Andrew the last time that I spoke to you about two weeks back, um, I had been to the machines, and I, I got very depressed when I got home, and mm. I cried. And mm. the next morning, I was still crying, and uh, I was lying into, and I cried myself into a real migraine, you mm-hmm. know, a real headache. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, and I was home by myself at the time. Anyway, this inner voice within me. Mm. Really Scottish voice, <laughs> <laughs> really, really, truly Scottish. Even I laughed when I, when I think it just started to shout at me, uh-huh. really firmly and severely, and tell me all the things that I'd been doing wrong. Uh-huh. Well, when Bill came home later from work, I told him about it. You know, well that night you were on the, on your radio show and you uh-huh. were talking about the inner discipline. Uh-huh. I said, "Well, you should hear mine. It's going mad, and it still works." 
It's mm-hmm. still working, and, and it's very, very Scottish. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a part that wants to look after you, Mary. Yeah. And uh, it's it, there is there is a discipline learning to hear the different voices. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there can be just an accusing voice, yes. which is an old voice in your head yes. that tells you often. This one's not accusing me no. at all. It's telling me how, how silly I have been, mm. and I have to... And the strange part was, just afterwards, a part of the Bible came to me about John the Baptist. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And... Um, and the, oh, in the letter you sent me, I got your little message at mm. the bottom. I'm mm. hanging in there. Good on you. And uh, the, from the Bible, the Philippians yes. 4.13. Yes. Yeah. Do you know that I had marked that off years and years ago when I had the problem with drinking? Is that so? And I had put it in a drawer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's amazing, you know, because um, we do have the strength to face all, all conditions with it, the power that Christ gives us. We just have to keep remembering these things. Yes. We forget too easy. Yep. Yeah. Look, it seems to me it's a bit like uh, when you have a methylated lamp and the wick I is... I thought you were going to say methylated <laughs> No, I, I really should have been a bit more judicious. Anyway, when the methylated uh, lamp is... Uh, and the wick is filled with the methylated uh, spirit, you know, and it's a light, it can look like the wick's burning, but it isn't. Uh, it's it's the fuel that's burning. Yeah. And sometimes with our will too, when we ask God to be with us, our will and his will become one. And often we get strengthened in our will. And that part doesn't want to give up. Yeah. This part, it wants to get through to the promised land, if you like. Yeah. Doesn't It knows it doesn't belong to the wilderness. Yeah. Doesn't belong in the dungeon being trapped. And it does want to say yes, and it wants to say no. It wants to say no to the destructive part, doesn't it? Yeah. And yes to what is the higher yeah. part. Yeah, and it's so strange that you know that it's destructive, but you still do it, mm. don't you? Well, yeah. I think inside of us, there's like a whirlpool for some of us. Yeah. And and uh, and by whipping ourselves and and blaming ourselves, getting into a self-torture inside, mm-hmm. it doesn't save us. It, we just go round the whirlpool and get sucked down, don't we? Yeah. It's learning exactly how, to... how it is now. Sorry. That's exactly how it is. Yes, it is. It's as if our will is taken from us. But something about uh, hearing the other voice and ex- exercising the other will, not trying to fight off the other stuff, but express the positive stuff, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, Mary, we'll have to okay. stop meeting this way. <laughs> it's good to hear from you again. Oh, and I wish to thank you for the rose for Sister Sybil. She ah. was delighted. Was she? Oh, yeah, straight into the chapel it went beside uh, Jesus on the cross. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> she had to call me in to show me it. Well, so there she, you are. She doesn't know who you are, but she thanks you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, good on you, Mary, and thanks once again for sharing okay. your life with us. Thank good you. on you. I think I have Paul on the line. You there, Paul? I still am. Good. Thanks for staying on. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, listen, mate, tell us about your story. How, uh, what's it been like for you with reference to this topic tonight? Okay. Um, <coughs> my um, hassle was um, a financial one. Mm. And I finished up uh, bankrupt yeah. about uh, 91 mm-hmm. and for about six months. I was a suicidal recluse. Yeah. Uh, another way of putting, I suppose, is I had my head on back to front. Right. And for six months, didn't matter what I did, 
the, the world just looked like it was a black place. Oh. And then through some friends one day, they kept pestering me to do a stress management course. Um, things started to turn around. Is that so? So was it was it was the material in the stress management course that was helpful, or the fact you were doing something, or? Um, no, I wouldn't say. Well, what it was a gradual process. It didn't happen yeah. overnight. It's, yeah. Um, probably taken four or five years to really um, come to terms with it all and and get back on top. Yeah. Um, I think the bottom line was was um, when I eventually realised that in life you've got to take personal responsibility. Yeah. Now, I, I, I can't look... I, I, I'm not able to look back and say it was like on the, the 5th of June or whatever, or something mm. like that, but but that was the turning point. Yeah. The minute I realised that um, that everything you do is, is from personal choice and, and you make the choice. Yeah. No one makes you to do what you do. Yeah, that's it. That That is the profound thing that distinguishes us from the animals, isn't it? We can. Now, the trouble is, now let's be frank about this, and this is why we've got to get some realistic expectations in it. Things like you went through are not superficial. They pull the rug from under you, don't they? Yeah. I mean, earlier tonight I was talking to uh, the former wife of uh, uh, pioneer, the pioneer of Aussie pioneer of rock and roll, uh, Johnny O'Keefe. Yeah, I heard that. And uh, that car accident pulled the rug from under him. Sure. Uh, and she believes it just brought other things to the service that was already bubbling before that, but it brought it to the focus. Yep. To the, and and we just proceed with life thinking tomorrow is going to be like yesterday, but it doesn't turn out like that. Now, once once um, you hit the wall, and all of us at some stage rather hit the wall from a, for different different reasons. Mm. That's the time when you when you um, need to uh, take, you know, as I say, take responsibility because mm. you can. You can go either way, just uh, continue to, to feel sorry for yourself and, and keep going further down the Googler or, or stand up and realise that, that times come when, when you have to um, realise that, that what happens to you in your life are things that you've done yourself. Yeah. Yes, it's a, and that's as you accept responsibility for your contribution to the difficulties and failures of the past, then there's the best chance to make sure you won't do the same thing again. Well, that's right. Mm. Well, that's, that's an interesting point you make, Mel, because people seem to concern themselves about mistakes. I like to look at mistakes, as, as you see on those blooper shows, like it's take one, take two. Yeah. And if you isolate what it is that you're not doing correctly, then you can eliminate that and move, move forward. Yeah, yeah. You know, as they say, learn from your mistake. Yeah. Well, look, I, I love uh, the notion of the word forgiveness, which means the past can be over. Yep. Uh, but, but you can only know that within yourself as you've faced the meaning of the past thoroughly. Sure. Yeah, but, but that means then, okay, you can say, all right, this is a curse, but it can be a blessing. Yep. And you can move on. Well, Paul, thank you very much for coming and sharing that part of your life and your story with us. That's fine. Good on you, mate. Thanks, mate.